Hello again and welcome back to my podcast. This is Jason Stone, also known as Magic Lasagna as my online monikers. This is actually my 20th podcast, so 20 days straight. Uh, it's not easy coming up with uh, content every day, but um, the good news is, is in a lot of situations, uh, things that happen to me in my everyday life can be um, used for inspiration. That being said, I had a older gentleman stop by uh, the dealership today, and his uh, credit was non-existent. He was basically a ghost, uh, what we call off the grid. Um, so he was unable to get a car. Um, I spoke to him for a little while. He was a very interesting individual. He was uh, telling me stories of back when he was a car salesman, and you know, the amount of money he used to make uh, doing things, you know. Um, he was talking about a lot of things that kind of struck home with me. Because I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I'm absolutely terrible with money. I love spending money. So it uh, kind of inspired me to make a little bit of a change as well in my lifestyle. Um, this gentleman used to make over $200,000 a year um, at his various jobs. And now he's on Social Security. Social Security is giving him $730 a month. And he was trying to get a car for around $350 of it. Now that $350 of it, he was planning on using towards the car because um, he was dead broke. He had no savings. There was uh, nothing in his life that he could do. Um to be able to move forward, and they were also uh, planning on kicking him out of his home. He's going to be homeless by midnight tonight. So that being said, he was trying to buy a car and use half of his Social Security income to pay for it monthly so that he could live in his car, um, or the car that he was going to get. So um, that's the story that he was told to me, and uh, we had a long conversation about a lot of different things. And I guess, like I said, one of the chords that it struck with me is uh, how terrible I am at you know spending money and mismanaging. Now, I'm not as bad as uh, he was at it, but um, I'm pretty bad at it. So, like I said, a lot of the things that he st said struck a chord because I kind of imagined myself in his shoes. I empathized with him. I uh, thought, you know, what if, what if one day I'm living on $700 of Social Security money and I'm uh, being evicted from my home and I'm trying to get a car just to be able to live. Um, so some of the things that I wanted to talk about are not only mistakes that I've made, but mistakes of what most people do um, that's wrong with their money. And like I said, I'm not the foremost authority on this, but... Um, I do have some common sense and street smarts on it. Um, and I know that a lot of the things that I do with money are wrong, but I still do them anyway because it's almost like an addiction to me, uh, spending money, uh, leaving big tips at restaurants for waitresses or waiters or bartenders just to be able to uh, you know, help them out a little bit because I've been so blessed in my life that uh, I like to bless other people. Uh, why do people go broke 
and end up homeless. Um, it's something that you can't really imagine until it happens to you. Um, one of the first reasons is they don't have enough cash reserves. They haven't uh, saved anything or tucked anything away for that rainy day when they accidentally lose their job or um, they accidentally uh, get severely injured or become disabled or anything like that. Um, there's just not enough money in the bank to cover them. Uh, I was reading a report that you know most Americans don't have enough money in reserves to afford a emergency room visit uh, if they you know break their leg or get hurt in some way. So that being said, that's the number one reason really is they just don't have enough cash reserves. They didn't plan ahead or try to save. Uh, the number two reason is probably credit card debt. Uh, the thing about credit cards is that sometimes they make you feel invincible or more wealthy than you actually are. Um, so you end up spending money that you don't actually have. So when you spend that money that you don't actually have, you don't necessarily have a way to pay it back. And with credit card debt, you know, the average being 24% interest rate, you know, that's tough to recover from if you have a lot of debt. You know, you have $10,000 in credit card debt, 24% a year, you know, you're looking at $240 just in interest payments. So that being said, uh, credit cards aren't necessarily a terrible thing, and they can help you build credit. But when they're improperly used, uh, they become more of a burden on you than you could ever imagine. Uh, there are people out there with fifty to a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of credit card debt, and they have no way to pay it back because uh, they don't have that type of income. So that's one of the false illusions that a credit card can give you: is that you're actually wealthier than you are, um, and then you end up spending that money that you don't have. Number three is my big one: lack of self-control. I have almost zero self-control when it comes to money. I uh, impulse spend, I do emotional decision-making, I get uh, very attached to an idea and end up investing money in it and losing it because it was a terrible idea. Um, but mostly the impulse and, like I said, uh, emotional. Emotional being, you know, I want to be like Mr. Beast. I want to go out to restaurants and give my waitress a gold bar, you know, or something you know, to really help their lives out. Because if I can do that and I can spread blessings on to other people, another big thing that I spend a lot of money on is the actual restaurant itself. I normally over-order for myself or my family. There's almost always leftovers. And guess what? I rarely eat leftovers. It's extremely rare in my life for me to eat leftovers. Most of the time, by the time I get around to thinking about eating it, I don't really want it anymore or, you know, it sat in the fridge for too long and I had a bad experience with food poisoning one time, so uh, I have a little bit of a stigma about eating food that's been sitting around for too long and stuff like that or, you know, certain undercooked things, but um, just today, um, sushi. I went out and got to go sushi for me and my family and uh, I spent $130. Before the tip. Um, and then, of course, I left them a really big tip. I ended up walking out of there spending, you know, $200, which, that's fine. I wanted to do something nice for my family and bring them home some good food. 
um, and it didn't really, it doesn't really bother me. It never does bother me, and that's part of the problem. Is, is it probably should bother me? I probably should be more frugal in those situations, and uh, you know, worry about ordering myself a little bit less money, uh, worth or money's worth of food, or uh, you know, a little bit less because I'm I'm a big boy too, so I could stand not to eat a little bit extra. So when it comes down to it, my number one flaw is probably just lack of self-control. Um, emotional spending and impulse spending being the two biggest of them. Uh, the number four reason why people end up going broke or you know, becoming homeless is uh, disruptions in income. For instance, um, if you get fired, you don't have that income coming in anymore. When it comes to being fired or laid off from your job, uh, the results are absolutely staggering when it comes to how many people uh, get fired. Uh, somewhere around 33% of all Caucasians uh, say they've been fired, and around 50% of African Americans say they've been fired at least once. Um, and that's actually the highest of different ethnic groups. Uh, the number of people who admit to being fired at least once, it, it increases with age because you become a little bit less embarrassed about it. But, uh, I mean, that's a staggering number. You know, 50% of an entire race of people being fired at least once in their life. And like I said, in a lot of times, you don't have that uh, nest egg to be able to deal with something like being fired. Um, on top of that, another disruption in income could be something like a medical emergency. Uh, and that's why you need to tuck away some money, because it's like Warren Buffett said, um, money can turn an emergency into an inconvenience. Medical emergencies um, that don't have a safety net in place for it uh, become real issues with a lot of uh, people. And there's just nothing that they can do about it. Number five um, is closely related to number six, but I'll uh, go over them both. Number five to me would be expensive taste. And guess who has that problem? That would be me. Uh, you know, continually upgrading your lifestyle without the necessary budget to support it um, is bad for you because if you keep upgrading your car over and over and over typically the payments keep going up and up and up and if you continue to do things like buy expensive foods like go to Ruth Chris and you know treat all your friends to a $1,400 meal or you know stuff like that um, the expenses pile up really quick you know other things could be buying multiple cars or a house that's too expensive for you or, you know, ATVs and jet skis and everything else that, you know, people buy that they can't really afford but don't know it. So with expensive taste comes number six. And number six is living beyond your means. Like I said, they're very um, kind of intertwined, but they're not exclusive to each other. Um, living beyond your means, you know, I did mention, you know, like car payments, you know, having that fully loaded car instead of a more basic model, when the basic model would suit your life just fine. But 
Um, everybody does it for the most part. I see it every single day. I see people jump into car payments that are just gigantic compared to their income. The things that you can do to change are often more of a strength of mind thing, a mental discipline kind of thing. Um, just like the mental discipline of me uh, recording these podcasts every single day. Because, um, like I said, it's actually hard to come up with things to talk about. And when you don't really have something to talk about and you're doing something like this, you end up not really wanting to do it. I've talked about that in um, my podcast about dedication. Um, and you have to find the willpower to move forward and do the things that you don't want to do. So, realistically... You should honestly be tucking away around 15 to 20% of your income. Now that can come in many forms. Um, I personally tuck away 15% of all of my gross income into my 401k. 15%. Uh, as I did the tax interview with my tax guy, he mentions 401ks as being a form of tax shelter as well. So 15% of all my income is going into my 401k and... That's going to also lower my effective tax rate as well, which means that I lose less money to the government, which means I have a little bit more left over as well. Um, the 15% that I use is not the only thing that I do. I also invest $1,000 into the stock market in uh, some safe funds every month. Um, and I'm uh, managing that money and I'm going to use it to buy investments that will generate more money for me eventually um, but until then I'm just letting it build up and uh, if you put them in relatively safe investments uh, my brother is uh, the guy that I go to to talk to about investing in the stock market he knows infinitely more about it than I do and uh, I'll just ask him you know is this a, a good thing to put my money into and he'll tell me yes or no and he'll tell me why and he spits out these numbers that I don't understand but I can tell you he's really just right when it comes to that stuff because he studied it he spent the time to do it and I have not and I just don't have much of a desire to spend the time to learn that because I'm trying to learn so many other things at once. And that being said, um, I've always looked at myself as a jack of all trades and a master of none. Uh, the rest of that saying, I believe, is but better a jack of all trades than a master of none. So it's not a bad thing to be semi adept or adept at a lot of different things and not a professional at one thing. That's not a bad thing. In fact, in most cases, it's a good thing for me in sales. I can talk about almost any topic with any person when they bring it up and know at least a little bit about it or enough to hold on a conversation with them. And even if it's something that I don't know a lot about and I just know a little bit about it, the great thing is, is normally through those conversations with them, um, I end up learning more, and it's one of those things that just kind of builds up and compounds. And uh, you eventually just become more intelligent and more street smart and have more common sense as a result. So that being said, you really need to tuck away some money. Um, you can do anything you want to with it. 
I don't like my bank account. I hate my bank account. It's paying such a stupid low amount of interest to me that it's almost not worth it. I don't keep a lot of money in my checking account because I don't see a lot of situations where I don't, that I can't wait a couple of days and pull it out of a stock or something uh, to get it. And then, um, you know, I don't see a lot of situations where I'll absolutely positively have to have an immense amount of money um, that very second. So I tend to put my, th my money in things that are going to pay me a much higher interest than my bank account, which is like 0.25%, which is absolutely insanely low because the bank's taking your money and making 8% on it or 10% on it. They're just basically using your money to generate more money for themselves and paying you uh, some scraps. I mean, it's just almost insulting the way banks use your money. Um, saving in and of itself is great, but it's really just not enough. Um, my 15% that I tuck away into the stock or into the uh, my 401k every uh, paycheck, um, that's probably not going to be enough for me when I decide to retire, um, at least for myself. Uh, it probably won't be enough for most people based off of their income. If you're making, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year, tucking away fifteen percent, you know, that's what seventy-five hundred dollars a year that you're tucking away. That's not a whole lot. Um, think about, you know, the average lifespan has been increasing uh, frequently. You know. People used to die in their 30s, and now people are living in, you know, mid-70s to early 80s. Um, you know, not a lot of people are living to 100, but certainly happens uh, more frequently than it ever did before. God, back in the day, if you lived to 100, they must have thought that you were immortal, that you were a god or something, because it just didn't happen. And, you know, now you're seeing, you know, news articles of, you know, the oldest people being, you know, like 120 years old and crazy shit. And that's just because of the advancement of medical technology. I joke around with people and say frequently that when I make it to 80, I'll probably be 80% robot. But as I was saying, you know, that 15% for me isn't going to be enough for me to continue my lifestyle or live anywhere close to it. It's going to become a lot worse if I totally rely on a 401k to provide for me after I decide to leave work or retire or I'm even able to uh, pull that 401k out, which, you know, you have to be like 63 or something like that, which, you know, who knows what the price of things are going to be by then. Um, just who knows. Um, IRAs are a great way to tuck money away. Um, my brother always tells me that taxes will never be lower than they are today. They're always going to go up. So the IRA can help shelter you from uh, future taxes on it. And uh, the 401k can help shelter you from taxes right now. That being said, um, saving just isn't enough. You really have to start with things about the way that you live your life, uh, like budgeting and um, challenging yourself to find ways to cut certain things out of your life that you might not necessarily need like a gaming subscription for $19.99 a month that you never use or a magazine subscription that you 
got 10 years ago and you never even read the magazines anymore. Um, there's plenty of ways to look at your life and budget. And I'm not talking about, you know, uh, I'm not going to go with the cut a cup of coffee out routine. But, I mean, if, if the shoe fits, you know, if you're drinking a Starbucks every single day at $7 a pop, I mean, that, that results to thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars. I mean, you would be floored. Um, you know, a $7 Starbucks, you know, a day, if you do it every day, you know, that's just going to be an insane amount of money. Yeah, um, you know, $7 a day is, uh, you know, a little extreme, but if you did that every day, you'd be spending around $2,500. Um, if you do it a couple of times a day, you know, obviously that number is going to double. Um, I know people that come to work every single morning with a Starbucks and then later in the afternoon they'll have a Dunkin', you know, or, you know, another Starbucks or something, or, you know, a smoothie every single morning of their life at like seven, eight, nine, ten dollars for a smoothie, which I get it. People want those things in their life for nutrition and for uh, the way that they live their life. But I mean, if you want to be financially secure later in life when you do decide to retire sometimes you can look at some of those things and and cut them out of your life um another thing that you can do is uh, make sure that you have a plan for something that happens if you do get sick or critically injured um you can uh, take out you know long-term disability insurance or critical injury insurance make sure you have life insurance uh, if I were to die tomorrow, you know, my wife would get a big settlement from the insurance company, which is fine. But if I didn't have that, um, she would probably end up losing a lot of things in her life. Like, you know, um, pretty much anything that I own is gone, like my car, you know. Uh, but, you know, who knows? It's It'd be a, an issue if I were to pass away today. She's much better at being frugal than I am. And I do know that she would find a way forward to be able to live without me um, monetarily. But, uh, you know, as it stands, I have a, a great insurance policy and um, medical insurance in case I do get sick. They're going to pay for a lot of things. So um, that definitely helps. Uh, you just need to decide what expenses are worth it and what aren't. And in a tight spot you can know the difference between the two because if you ever get in a tight spot, you're going to get rid of one of those things. And once you get rid of one of those things, you don't need to get it again. So, um, you can just Google a lot of this stuff, uh, like the basics of getting on the right foot or, um, you know, becoming fiscally responsible. Um, there are tons of people that make a living talking about it all the time. And uh, with that, I'm pretty much done. I don't have much more to talk about on the subject. So if you need me for anything, my cell phone number is 910-515-0890. Uh, if you ever need help, I'll help you out however I can. You can email me at magiclasagna at magiclasagna.com. Or um, I'm pretty easy to find in the Wilmington, North, uh, North Carolina area. And as always, I don't care how successful you are. Because I'm always going to be successful.